The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. It is a dreary and gloomy day here in Columbia, Tennessee, but that's okay. It's, it's the last one for a while. Uh, I think I think we're supposed to have some pretty good weather the rest of the week. I know it's going to be sunny and uh, I think maybe next Thursday there's a slight chance of rain, but it's going to be pretty well uh, sunshine and rainbows for the next week or so. That's always good, right? Some programming notes. Um, if you typically listen to this station between 5 and 6, you have heard TSL, TriStar Sports Live, on WKOM from 5 to 6. Each and every, uh, I guess it's four days a week at the, at the time, it was, you know, whenever uh, Will Rab's show mm-hmm. come on. Um, but that will be changing, and next week they will go back to the the good old days, as they call it. Uh, before, before we came on the, the show, or the, the these airwaves, mm-hmm. uh, the show was on Mondays and Thursdays, and that show will go back to Mondays and Thursdays. That'll be two hours each day. Uh, so check them out. Um, I think next, next Monday, come on out here, come out here and hang out on the front lawn. Cause they're actually going to broadcast from the front, from porch. the front porch. Yep. Uh, like at least it. that's what JP said last night on the air. And okay. that just, I'm, I'm only saying this so that JP knows that I was listening. Will there be refreshments? Uh, so there's a particular, um, nearby food location. Who's not open on Mondays. So, Wes insinuated that you never know what might show up as far as food goes. There may be some hot dogs and hamburgers on a grill out here. We don't know. So hmm. it's possible. That's all I'm saying. You know, what, what's bad about this is what are we typically doing between 5 and 7 on a Monday afternoon We're at a in ball the spring? Game. We're at a ball game. That's okay. It is Coincidence? It is. I think I not. think not. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I. But you're definitely going to listen to the show. It's it, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely a show that will change drastically from what you've heard over the last few months. But uh, it's, I think you're going to hear some familiar voices back on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that's on Mondays and Thursdays, five to seven next week on WKOM one hundred one seven. Um, let's talk hoops. And before we get into that, we need to tell you about our bracket challenge that's sponsored by Amigos Mexican Grill. Three great locations in Spring Hill, Lewisburg, and Chapel Hill. Go see Noe, Ben, or Hugo in their respective locations. They would love to have you visit their wonderful 
Mexican restaurants. Uh, go get you some queso. Go get a margarita. Go get whatever you want because it's it's delicious. It's all good. It's it's all good. Um, I like the, uh, you know, just just a their steak is really good. So some steak, rice, and queso, and put it in a uh, put it in a tortilla. There we go. I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, that being said, final four is set. It is a little surprisingly so, I think. From the first four to the final four, second time it's happened. The second time it's happened, uh, they are the VCU fifth. and UCLA. How often do <laughs> one you? Of, how one of these you, things is not like the other. Hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I think you know UCLA getting to the final four as an eleven seed, the fifth one in in tournament history is. Certainly interesting. I mean, you just you go. Well, I mean, it's UCLA. Mick Cronin, man, uh, a buddy of mine posted on Facebook that Mick Cronin was more consistent than a few good men on a Sunday afternoon. And I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> it seems like a really good analogy. <laughs> so, former Murray State coach Mick Cronin. Yeah. Um, OVC stand up. I'm a little. Uh, I mean. I'm a little excited about these two matchups. I mean, UCLA, Gonzaga, and then, of course, Houston, Baylor. Mm-hmm. I said it before the I said it before the tournament started, and I should have. I had Gonzaga all the way uh, when I first did my bracket, and then I just kind of talked myself out of certain things. And you know how that goes: study long, study wrong. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the last time that was it Duke and Kentucky didn't make the NCAA tournament? It was 1976 or 74? Mm-hmm. 76. When Indiana went undefeated. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> won the national championship. And two years later, Duke and Kentucky played for a national championship. So, so. but uh, my, my point being that mm-hmm. the last time an undefeated I, I, team went all the way was, yeah. was the last time Duke and Kentucky wasn't in the tournament. So, an omen, perhaps? That was kind of my thought process. And then I, I was like, that's a dumb reason. And yet here we are. <laughs> With Gonzaga two wins away. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> I bet very you thin, are. Very thin. I, I think it's called a spider's web. <laughs> spider's uh, thread. The good news is I have two of my four teams still in the final four. The bad news is I have them both losing in the semis. So you have the max amount of points that you can have. At this point. Yeah. You have maxed out. So have I. Um, and that's okay. I mean. It was fun. It it was. And, you know, this is – I don't mind doing brackets because, again, I don't claim to know anything about college basketball. I, I have zero claim whatsoever. I don't I don't pretend to even know, so I'm not real worried about it. Um, well, here's the thing. I think you know a little something, but it's tough to know – about, you know, San Diego State and Texas Tech and Minnesota and, you know, Rutgers and, you know, in doing what we do, it's tough to have that kind of granular knowledge of college basketball beyond a certain reach, I think. So, 
Yeah. I, I you know, 68 teams deep. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to know. I mean, you, you got to get lucky to pick Oral Roberts to go to the Sweet 16. You just got to get lucky. Syracuse even. So as an 11 seed, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Um That means or or, or you got to be Chad Hall or Scott Beasley. Right. Right. So and we're not. I guess we need to just wait um on uh the final four to to head down to Lawrenceburg and just ha- take his gift card with us. <laughs> take yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> wait wait till after Monday night. Yeah. 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 Um <clears throat> It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a lot of fun though. I think it's gonna be a really good a really good ball game, a uh, couple of ball games actually, and the the championship game, whoever it is, is gonna be a really good basketball game. You're not gonna not want to see it. So um yeah. You know, UCLA's been on such a roll. Um Boy, wouldn't I think, that be something? I think that Gonzaga game is gonna be real interesting. Just because like you said, they're undefeated. And UCLA is playing with so much confidence right now. Yeah, they're, they're playing confidence and they're playing with house money. Yeah, I mean, it's just which let's which just go. Yeah, which, know, which makes them do, really dangerous. Yeah, I mean, do, do stuff that we wouldn't the, normally do. Or what's the know, worst thing that can happen? We lose in the semifinals yeah. as an eleven seed. Yeah. Right. So there you go. But this um this Baylor Houston game on the other side, Baylor is just so big. They are. Um. I think they and Gonzaga would be a great matchup in the finals. And I I didn't think that when I picked my bracket. But having watched a little of both of them, I think that will be a great matchup if it comes to fruition. No doubt. No doubt. I I, I would – I think at this point you got to think Gonzaga and Baylor are the the likely championship game. But – who knows? I mean, it's a crazy year. Right. right. Speaking of crazy year, um, <laughs> news out of Johnson City. As uh, East Tennessee uh, men's basketball coach, um, Jason Shea, air quotes, resigned. And some players were kind of – Concerned about it. Uh, I'm not sure concerned is the right word. Well, there, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, let's just, let me just give you some quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, East Tennessee State senior Jordan Coffin said he was like, don't feel bad, but I'm resigning, and then it was just quiet. We were all just dumbfounded and lost, but he was like, he feels like it's better for his family, that, and that was pretty much all he said, but players know what's going on. Well, if you don't know what's going on, guess we can tell you. Uh, <laughs> in a in a game on February fifteenth at Chattanooga, ETSU men's basketball players um, chose to kneel before and during the national anthem. And we're not going to get into the politics of that. What we are going to get into is the fact that a coach stood up for his players and is being forced to resign over it. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, without, without not, getting into the politics of it, that's that's pretty much the way it went. And this comes a week and a half after they got rid of their women's coach. 
for no good darn reason. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So um, ETSU not. You remember what I said earlier off the air about no PR, no PR is bad PR. This is bad PR. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jason Shea in his first season after replacing um, Steve Forbes, who left to go to um, Wake Forest. Shea had been on Forbes' staff there. I believe they were both together at UT. But um, Shea gave them an opportunity to kind of, um, you know, bring some continuity to the program after the success that they had had under Forbes. And he goes 13 and 12 in one season um, that was obviously impacted by by the pandemic. And, and then they choose to... I feel quite confident that saying that he was asked, forced, put in a position where resigning was the best option for him, and and so they've they've got some interesting stuff going on up there, and and, and it's not good. Like you said, this isn't a any PR is good PR situation. This and and you can kind of tell it because. Almost immediately, two of their players went into the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And um, they won't be the last. So, it's not just players, though. It's not just players. It's not just former players. Former player Trey Boyd had some things to say about it and, and said that, you know, he was he was a great dude and, you know, being able to stand up for, uh, stand up for his players was something that he, you know, he respected. But Russ Brown, who's a professor at Quillen College of Medicine, has had season tickets to ETSU basketball since 2003. Said, I really felt like he was the right coach for the job, and I think he had shown that at least in his first year, and this is really too bad. Uh, I think that's – I mean, I don't really know what that entails necessarily, but he said they were quite clear on where they stood – uh, they even have relatives of theirs that, of course, have served in the military. Um, but that's neither here nor there, in my opinion. They have the right to express themselves freely, and that's what they did. So. I, I don't. I, it's just. I don't get it's, it. It's not a good look. It's got to be a PR. I would say it's got to be a PR nightmare, but they brought it on themselves. So, I mean, maybe they don't even look at it that way. But I would think from the outside looking in, a lot of people are looking at the ETSU athletic program as a whole at this moment, kind of askance, as they would say. I mean, like you said, they just they just got rid of the women's basketball coach. They brought in a career assistant who most recently had been at Ohio State, I think. But um he's never been a head coach before. Um and I think it'll be interesting to see what direction they go in to replace Jason Shea. I mean I know a lot of people want to be head coaches and a lot of people think that they can fix whatever situation they're stepping into. But it really feels like to me that you're kind of stepping into a minefield right here because if you can't support your players and if the university isn't going to support your players, 
then how do you get players and how do you retain players? So Yeah, I mean that's that's an issue. Um some folks are on the side of the university saying Shea is to blame. Well sure. Mark Vicars, who graduated from the university in 2019, said he did bad with PR. And he did bad with development of players. Really? He was up for coach of the year in mid-January. Mark? Hey, Mark, did you watch any games? Wonder if Mark? Mark, I wonder if Mark's got any eligibility left because uh, they may need Mark in a uniform. Uh, Mark graduated in 2019. I, I don't know. Uh, no chance he saw this team play this year because I'm sure they weren't allowing fans. Hmm. Mark, sir, I had a question, man. He did bad with PR and he did bad with development. This guy graduated from college. Coach Mike, you're an English teacher. Ouch. Help us out here. <laughs> how in the world did this guy graduate from college? Well, how? I'm not going to get into. <laughs> you know, I've had some high school students that I've wondered how they made it through. But, yeah, that's... That, he, uh, he did bad with PR. Yeah. Oh, you thought that yeah. was bad with PR? Is wait till this comes. <laughs> wait, wait till, till this storm gets a hold of this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let me see what you think about this PR, Matt. <laughs> Mark, Mark, Mark. I'm sorry. Mark. Even worse. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Sorry, we didn't even know your name. Um, he he did say the basketball program kind of tried to hide it from people and try to keep it out of the public eye, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, I, I don't know about in johnson city but we all knew about it it was in tennessee and yeah Hmm. yeah unfortunately the 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 stereotype of east tennessee gets carried through with that wording there's (laughs) that among other things there's that there's a reason why stereotypes get yeah get given there you go there you go cliches are cliches for For a reason reason. (laughs) so i mean there you gotta work and you gotta work to beat them i mean you do, you do. So anyway, I, I'm just curious, you know, like you said, where they go from here. Uh, I'm curious if Mark Vicars has any eligibility left and see if. <laughs> or maybe he's just going to come coach, you know. He maybe, may be the next maybe, coach. Maybe, maybe he'll be bet. Maybe he'll do better at PR. <laughs> he can. Oh, man. He 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 will did better for sure. <laughs> he will did better. Will did better. <laughs> That came easily for you, actually, didn't it? Will did. Yeah. It will did. Didn't even have to work at that. No, Man, that no was, well, he's from Alabama. Well, okay. Speaking of stereotypes. There's that. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break because <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, the show is going off the rails. Well, we're going to get it back on the rails because we're going to have VandySports.com's Chris Lita enlighten us on some Vanderbilt. Hey, folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. 
Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo, Patton, Coach Mike with you here on this Wednesday hump day edition of the show. If you missed any part of today's show, the Prep Sports Podcast, hour number one is available on the website at sm-tnsports.com. Hour two will also be available in special guest where you can hear uh, interviews with our guests and uh, without having to do about anything else. So uh, you can just enjoy just those those segments, if that's what you prefer. Uh, you can go back and hear yesterday's interview with Mike Keith. And after today's show, you can go back and listen to today's interview with FandySports.com's Chris Lee, who joins us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Chris, good morning, and thanks for joining us. All right. Um Chris, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, cool. Great, great. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Um, What prompted us to um, to reach out to you was twofold. One, um, I heard something really preposterous during the Vanderbilt-Missouri baseball game last Thursday night. And two, um, really – groundbreaking in more ways than one announcement earlier this week about some um some i just pulled a jp (laughs) about some money being raised and some um athletic facility improvements being planned on the vanderbilt campus first let's talk about that the vandy united campaign that's that's going on yeah, this is something I had heard was coming for a while. The school has basically committed $300 million. Uh, I have now twice on podcasts or, or show appearances referred to that as the $300 commitment uh, accidentally, which provided a little bit of unintentional humor. Uh, <laughs> but, but it was kind of accurate at the same time because it, it, some years they you weren't sure they were going to commit $300 to athletics. Mm. Uh, but jokes aside – significant guys we can debate how much they need to put in and malcolm turner was shooting from anywhere from 800 million to a billion dollars he thought that's what they needed to bring everything up to speed and we can have that conversation at some point and and frankly we don't know how well they're going to hit the mark until we know exactly what they're going to do which they haven't announced yet i think we have a decent idea and i can speculate some on that later if you like but the point is but this dwarfs anything Vanderbilt has done, right? The, the, the baseball program had to pull teeth to be able to get, what, a, a $13 million facility a couple of years back. Uh, the indoor practice facility that James Franklin pushed to have built and had built, I mean, there was all kinds of, of consternation over that. That was $31 million. I mean, this investment here that they've announced dwarfs it. And I think as much as anything, it – points to a will and leadership from the chancellor's office uh, that we haven't seen, even under Gordon Gee, where a lot of good was done. 
And I think that's the most significant thing is you have a chancellor who is willing to make a major commitment to sports and take a position that, frankly, on that campus sometimes is unpopular for spending money for what is just viewed as, as kids' games. I think the fact that you have a guy in leadership who hasn't even been there a year now and things have always already changed to that extent, I think that's really significant. Yeah, Chris, I, I remember speaking with Gordon Gee when um, there were a lot of improvements taking place across the southeastern conference and and the comment that he made was we're not going to get into an arms race with you know whoever it is that you're talking about be it i think it was auburn in particular at that point but um with whoever it is be it auburn Ole miss whatever it is and that attitude is pretty well permeated that campus and so to see something like this has to really be uplifting for a lot of folks, particularly the people in McGugan Center, I would think. Yeah, and look, I've been their biggest critic over the past few years, and I think it's all been deserved. But I'm really genuinely happy for a lot of players and coaches uh, and fans and donors who have waited for something like this to happen. Look, I'm not saying that you need to go out and buy an indoor water park or chocolate waterfalls or some of the crazy stuff that happened. That's never going to be Vandy. And I wouldn't suggest that, that it should be. But when you're having to, to move weights to an indoor practice facility so kids can lift and stagger schedules because your kids who are already stressed with class schedules and the workload at Vandy, which is going to be more difficult than it is anywhere else. And those kids have to jump through hoops to get basic things. And that school is worth you know, how many tens of billions of dollars uh, between endowments and and land and all those things, you know, the, the cry of poverty and we can't afford this and that just has been absurd to me at times. And I'm glad to see that there has been a more realistic approach because no, nobody's saying that sports should be more important than stuff on campus. But we see the checks that the, they get from the SEC every year. We see how high profile sports has become. We see the exposure that that can get for a school, good or bad. In Vanderbilt's case, it's usually good. And, and I'm glad to see for a lot of people over there who have pushed and worked hard and, and anguished over this that they're finally getting their day. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Chris Lee of VandySports.com, you know, Chris, when, when you come out publicly and you say you're going to do something like this, I know that there's been a lot of wait and see and – um I believe it when it happens and that kind of thing within the Vanderbilt fan base and rightfully so. Is there more optimism around this particular campaign slash commitment or is there still a waiting for the other shoe to fall type of attitude do you feel like? Both, and I feel like both are deserved, right? Because they've announced the number and they've put a target out there. And I, look, I don't know why you would announce a number if you didn't intend on doing it. It sounds like they've already raised donations. The school has already pledged some money. And, and I think the other third might be coming from a bond issue. Um, perhaps I think they may try to get some more funding raised. And, and, and by the way, um, nobody said that they were against going beyond this at, at some point, which I think the chancellor hinted that. But I think until ground is broken and we see what the plans are, um, there's also some skepticism warranted. I mean, they're talking a big game. They're talking like this is a groundbreaking thing. Well, we, we don't know exactly what the things are yet. They've 
told us there's going to be a football performance center, a basketball performance center. So I think there's a little bit of a fair element of it. Let's wait and see, and then let's compare that to competitors once it's announced. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that you have to think and realize when you're talking about Vanderbilt athletics in general is, you know, when you when you look at the commitment at three hundred million dollars, and you've already got one guy who stepped up and put ten million, John Ingram, uh, a board of trust member, uh, has put ten million dollars in. They're looking for ninety more from. Uh, um, I think they got a ninety million dollar uh, from anonymous donors. So, what do you feel like is is this a community oriented like when UAB's football program shut down? You know, the community was the one were, were the ones who really brought this back. I mean, this isn't something the university was just going to do on its own. It had, this had to be brought brought by John Ingram and said, "Look." I'm giving $10 million. Let's do something real with this. Yeah, I think John Ingram is always going to be an important driver. He's their biggest donor, has been for a while. But I think John has wanted a lot of stuff to be done uh, that, that just hasn't been done. And, and I think been frustrated for years and years and years. So I think more than just a donor-led thing, I, I think you've got five or six years of, of bad publicity running. You know, you've got a chancellor who used to duck interviews from Adam Sparks and literally almost run away from the microphone when he tracked him down to get quotes and things like that. So, yeah, I think the donor initiative, and especially John Ingram, was important. But I think after a while, I mean, my goodness, the school had to get tired of hearing about, you know, how negligent it was towards athletics and, and all the things that, that people said. And again, fairly and, and frankly, um, as somebody connected to that program told me before last season, you know, maybe going winless, uh, which was the forecast at the time, and that's how it happened, wouldn't be the worst thing for the program because it would put on display exactly how bad things were. Look, Vanderbilt football has been bad for a long time, but the one thing it had never done until last year, and and yes, I know that it was a conference-only schedule, is it had never gone winless in the league. So I I think, too – if you're a chancellor and you're getting to campus, you're seeing what's going on, you had to sit up and take note and go, hey, people are saying this about us. Um, you know, you're looking at the checks and then you're seeing the product on the field. I think it wasn't just John Ingram. I have to think a lot of other things mattered there too. Okay. Chris, one thing that kind of hit me as I'm sitting here listening to and, and participating in this conversation, how much is Vanderbilt's situation hampered by the landlocked state of that campus i mean there's there's just nowhere really to go is yeah and and it's not just the landlockedness of it it's the the fact that if you want to buy anything it's it's expensive now having said that uh that has not stopped them recently i think they bought the holiday inn the wendy's i don't know what those are getting used for um yeah, and one of the options that Malcolm Turner had gone through is, as I understood it, the way it was presented to him was, here's the parcel of land that you might have available to you. That includes the footprints where your current facilities sit. That also includes that big hospital parking lot across from the practice field. And one option that was presented to Malcolm was, 
hey, look, you've got all this land in which you can build your facilities. What would the options be? And one of the things they were looking at is building an entirely new stadium and I think maybe an entirely new basketball arena too, um, where that parking lot is. And I, I think one of the ideas at one point was to maybe move Hawkins Field over to where the baseball field is now. And, and maybe that's how you got close to a billion dollars, right? Is one of the options would have been moving all those things around within that footprint of the current place that those occupy plus that parking lot. Uh, but, but yes, um, that, that was about as, as loose as it was going to get in terms of what was available to them. And if you take that parking lot away, uh, yeah, and you're using the Holiday Inn and Wendy's purchases for other things, uh, yeah, there are not a whole lot of other options available to you. There you go. Chris, I want to shift gears real quick because Maurice posted something on Twitter and um, it certainly drove a, a little discussion here as far as uh, big baseball fans here, big baseball fans here. Um, is there any chance at all that Vanderbilt does not have the top two overall picks in the Major League Baseball draft? Uh, yeah, you could see Jordan Lawler, a, a shortstop out of Texas, go. Um, who, by the way, is a Vanderbilt commitment too. Um, so, <laughs> I, I saw that, somebody refer last week on Twitter to almost modern for guys that were committed to schools but got drafted and never got there. That's a term that should catch on. So. So if Jordan Lawler were to get drafted and signed, then he would be his almost mater would be Vanderbilt. But technically, Vanderbilt would still have <laughs> the yeah, top two right. overall picks and maybe the top three. Yeah. Well, and then let me give you a, a, another what if. Um, Little, who's their midweek starter and in struggling some, would have potentially been a top five overall pick in this draft mm-hmm. had he stayed in high school rather than come to Vanderbilt. Now, he enrolled at 17. He should be in high school graduating had he gone about things the normal way. So, I mean, in, in a weird world, there, there's there's maybe four of the top five picks that are that are either alma maters or, or whatever the term was most throughout there, almost maters. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a draft that's dominated at the top. I'll, I'll give you a what if to how it doesn't happen. And this is something they brought up on the Baseball America podcast that I hadn't really thought about. And it was the Pirates hold the number one overall pick, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're the Pirates, you're not winning anytime soon, right? And, and Jack Leiter's a kid, and frankly, Rocker, too. Those kids could get out in the big league right now. We all know that. But if you're the Pirates, this is a long-term rebuild. I mean, you look at that roster, you don't have a whole lot left. I mean, who's their best player on that team? Is it is it maybe Brian Reynolds, another Vandy kid, by the way? Um you're not going to be contending for division titles or wild cards anytime soon. The case against picking one of those two guys in that spot would be in that situation, you might be better off going with a younger guy with the longer development path that by the time he's ready for the majors, you have more pieces around him. Um, now, if you're just picking the best player right now, um, goodness gracious, I have a hard time not taking lighter uh, with, with apologies to Rocker, who's who's awesome too, and in a month from now we we may flip these this discussion and, and say Rocker looks like the better guy. But yeah, I mean, I, I think either of those guys are worthy of going number one overall. It's just a choice of how does Pittsburgh play that. 
that starts a really interesting conversation, Chris. I think the the concept that take a kid who's less less major league ready right now so that he'll be ready when you're ready to compete as opposed to taking a kid who is more major league ready, i.e. a rocker or a lighter. And I think it kind of flies in the face of conventional wisdom, which having covered the Nashville Sounds when they were a Pittsburgh Pirates um, affiliate makes perfectly good sense for them to think that way. Yeah, and, and let's go on the other hand, though, too. Um, if you're a Pirates fan, there has not been a whole lot to be excited about uh, since Barry Bonds was your left fielder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want gate revenues. You want some sort of excitement around that. I think having a rocker or a lighter take the ball every fifth day, uh, starting a year or two from now, uh, at least gives people something to watch. And, and I don't know. I, I think if I'm running a franchise, I have to consider that too. But it's going to be interesting to see how they process all these things. Definitely. <laughs> and it's, it's, and, and I guess there's no one quote right way to do it, but clearly the Pirates didn't find themselves in this position overnight. It's been a series of bad decisions. And to me, it, it just seemed like it would make sense to make the, make the pick that's going to have the quickest impact on you. But I, I see what you're saying. I mean, one pitcher going out there every fifth day isn't going to get them back in the playoffs. So uh, I can see that thought process. Don't really care for it, but I can see it. So, um, hey, Chris Lee of VandySports.com joining us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Chris, really appreciate you stepping in with us for a few minutes today. Uh, you bet. Anytime, guys. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into the show. 12 minutes to the top of the hour. Sorry, you guys. Uh... Who are listening on Facebook? I hope that uh, hope that you have found us on WKOM Radio or somewhere else. Apologize for that. I did post a comment in the Facebook Live to going over to WKOM Radio. You can just tell Alexa to play WKOM, and she will. Uh, I mean, that's it. That's all you have to do. <laughs> and uh, so you can do that. Um, but apparently there was not enough storage on my iPad. I don't know. Something something or another um, forced the recording to stop. So we are 
going to continue on as is. Um, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, so we need to tell you about our friends at JJ's Barbecue. JJ's Barbecue is home to the longest and oldest family-owned barbecue joint in Columbia since 1998. Julie and the folks over at JJ's on Hatcher Lane have been serving up the finest in barbecue. Loaded baked potatoes. They got the smoked wings still. Uh, can't beat that. So We still owe. We still owe. T. Willie. We do. Um, so yeah, make sure to go check out our friends over in uh, JJ's Barbecue on Hatcher Lane. Alright, let's get into it. Locally. Um, Saturday... A woman was shot by police here in Columbia because, get this, um, apparently she and her boyfriend were driving to the police station to turn herself in on a shoplifting warrant. Somehow or another, she ended up outside the car because... Columbia City of Columbia police may have pulled them over or something, which is just unfortunate. I mean, you're on the way to the police station and then you get pulled over on the way. It's like, well, I mean, I guess I could save some gas. I don't know. Um, well, she wasn't happy with that. So this person jumped back into the car. Um, the boyfriend reached into the to try to like turn the ignition off or something. I don't know. And he ended up getting dragged and run over. Uh, the police officer then shot into the car and struck the um, the wanted person in the hand. So yeah, let's just say it's been wild. It's been, it's been wild. This, this was an hour long discussion on uh, on three dudes with a view. And if you want to watch that, you can on wkomradio.com. The video is still up there, or I think it should be. So anyway. That's wild. That's what we're going to start off with. But now let's get into a little more wacky news. Coach Mike, you like popping popping the bubble wrap? Oh, yes. That's, that's the best, yes. isn't it? Yeah. You can't, nice you, and relaxing. It really is. It really is. Um, well, unfortunately, if uh, if you like popping the bubble wrap, that, that's great. Unless, unless you are... Coming up to and a uh, you come up upon a an art piece Mm-mm. that is made out of bubble wrap, such as the one um, in Vancouver, Canada, because cops in Canada are now looking for a guy who walked into an art museum and vandalized a piece of artwork by popping the bubbles. Happened last month. They just released his photo. They're hoping someone will recognize him. The artwork is called Delta Trim, about a foot and a half tall and 21 feet wide, and is made entirely of bubble wrap, reflective tape, zip ties, Velcro, and moose hides. Those wacky Canadians. A nice combination there. Yeah, I, I mean, whatever. So, anyway, if you're, if you're going to pop bubble wrap, just make sure it's not in an art museum. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, most of the time, you just put the bubble wrap around the art. Here you go. Yeah, to, to ship it or yeah, to keep you know, it, protect it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, not in Canada. 
No, no sir. Oh man. Um. So let's just. How about this? Hmm? Two waiters are at Denny's. Two two servers at Denny's. Which I mean, you're in, you're at a Denny's, okay? We're gonna up that one more. We're already at Denny's, but now we're gonna be at Denny's in Arkansas. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the servers uh, got into a fist fight uh, over who was going to get to serve a plate of chicken tenders to their tables. So, apparently, that was a big deal. My guess is, wh- why would you get into a fight over who's going to who- who's going to serve the chicken tenders? Did they each have an order of chicken tenders and? Two different tables, two different waiter, waiter servers. I mean, my thought is it's one. Yes, one plate of chicken tenders. Two, two, two different tables. orders. Uh huh. Who's gonna get that chicken tenders plate first? Mm-hmm. I, anyway, they got to a fist fight over it. Did Problem the, did is, did the chicken tenders ever get served? Pro- Probably not, but... Uh, they probably ended up somewhere else. <laughs> some jail time because they had outstanding warrants. On top of the now assault charge that they most undoubtedly will face. So, there you go. Um, I just don't know, man. That just feels like... It doesn't surprise me, man. Like I said, it's Denny's and it's it's Arkansas. What are you going to do? Speaking of stereotypes. Uh, hey, you know, you, you're right. You know, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. Um, so, a woman in the, U- in the UK, the United Kingdom, she got a message from a secret admirer on Saturday. You ever get those? Not, not often. No secret admirers? You ever get those? I don't have too many unsecret admirers. <laughs> no, yeah, no admirers, <laughs> secret or otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Well, she got two hot dogs. That was her message. <laughs> Someone uh, cooked two hot dogs and left a note that said, I will always love you. No buns, no condiments, just the dogs. Hmm. I, I, what, what do what? you do? If you wake up one day, you go outside. There's just two hot dogs just and a sitting note there. Two and hot dogs a, and a note. That's. Are they in Tupperware? Were they just sitting? Perhaps so many questions. They were for a dog. So many questions. I, I, I don't. I don't know. Oh. Oh man, that's pretty wacky. All right, so we gotta go. We gotta go local. Oh, again. Yep. Okay. You you may or may not know. You may or may not know. There are three strip clubs in Nashville. Two female clubs and one male club. They're offering free lifetime memberships worth more than $3,500 to anyone who gets vaccinated. That's free admission for life. Isn't the, goal, you, isn't the goal for everybody to get vaccinated? That so that kind of doesn't that take away from your revenue? 
I, I will say this. I think, one, Tennessee is not uh, participating as well as other places as far as that goes. Now, Nashville, perfectly fine, but the outside of Tennessee areas are not participating in the vaccination. Outside of Nashville area, Yeah, outside of the Middle Tennessee area, mm-hmm. the metro area. Um, but... I don't. I, I mean, I've never been to a strip club here. I don't know what the typical entrance fee is, but uh, I wouldn't know myself. You know, the fact that you just said I've never been to a strip club here. Just, <laughs> well, I, uh, oh, <laughs> oops! Really, really caught my interviewer's ear there. For those of for those of you who know where I from, where I hail, then you will know that every single person in my hometown has frequented the the one in my hometown or at least once my mom's banned <laughs> talk about wild and wacky how do you get banned from Chuck E. Cheese you know how bad you got screw up to get banned from there mm, mm, mm. anyway uh, I got nothing I got nothing yeah. there you go so free when you get vaccinated just show your card at, free admission. at one of the three Strip clubs in Nashville. Congratulations. It's either that or a free Krispy Kreme donut. It's whichever one you pick. Choose wisely. <laughs> I guess you could have both. Why not? <laughs> On the way. Matter of fact, mm. pick one up. Krispy Kreme isn't too far away, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Right there on uh, on uh, Elliston? Yeah. <laughs> you just drive right down Elliston. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Oh, man. If you missed any part of today's show, check it on the podcast. We'll have it up here shortly. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We're going to have a great day. We'll see you back tomorrow at 9 a.m. on the same airwaves. Also down in Franklin County. We appreciate them as well. For Coach Mike and Maurice Patton, I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.